Welcome to the She Grows Podcast. This is Jen Matthews, and I'm so glad you're listening today. Merry Christmas. Christmas week can be so full of so many things, whether they're hectic or wonderful. So we're glad that you're taking a pause to listen. You're about to hear from our absolute favorite speaker here at She. She is amazing, talented, funny. Well, I could go on and on. It's me. (laughs) This is what happens when you get to intro yourself. (laughs) But real talk, this is the message from our December gathering, She is Golden. And I hope it challenges and inspires you as we walk into the season into a brand new year. What's going on? Oh man, I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. This is my very favorite season of the year, hands down. Um, For one, like, who has had fun so far? Like at the Coco and the S'mores, was that fun? Um, This night I have been anticipating for so long, and it's so funny because, you know, people are used to us having kind of a theme, and people are like, what are we going to wear? What are we going to wear? I'm like, I don't know. So we labeled it, she is golden, but our merch is brown and pink, and our screens is is red and pink and orange and yellow, so just be happy. Wear whatever you want, Um, and it's so funny. But Christmas is my favorite for all the reasons that we've just talked about. The lights, the the smells, the sounds, the food, um, the sparkles, all those things. But there's another another level to why I love Christmas so much in this season, um, in this community. There's something about this time of year that the dark gets real loud. Have you guys noticed if you are missing someone, if you have relationship that's just not as sturdy as it used to be, if um, there's feelings of inadequacy, come on, who, who, who spends too much time on Instagram going, I will never be you? And like, you just are so aware of what you're not. <clears throat> there are so many reasons to feel all these negative feelings in the holidays. And that is not my favorite thing about it. But my favorite thing about it is that when your community surrounds you, and they hold you in those. I know for us, this is our first holiday season. Or it's our first everything to walk through without my mother-in-law. And she would have loved tonight. She was a huge lover of she gatherings. And um, in the middle of all the hurt and the confusing feelings and the, oh my gosh, this experience is missing something. What I know is I'm like cozied up with my community. Like I don't feel alone. I feel held and I feel seen. And it makes me feel just heartbroken for the people who've removed themselves from community because in these times is when the church just gets to shine so bright. Community gets to shine so bright. The other reason this season is my favorite is because it is just this ramp up to a new year. And to me, it starts at Halloween, which has nothing to do with right now. But to me, it's like this big festive kickoff for the season of all the good things that are gonna happen. After Halloween, you shift to Thanksgiving and you just sit in this gratitude and you think about all the things that you're so thankful for, all the ways that God's truly blessed you. And as soon as Thanksgiving's over, you turn to this season of Advent and we're, we're thinking of the Lord Jesus and we're working up to this huge celebration of his birth. And as soon as Christmas is over, my mind turns towards the new year. And my favorite thing we do all year is our 21 days of prayer and fasting because it's a very powerful way to start the new year. And so for me, this season holds all of those things from the silliest, because I love sequins, down to the most important that I just feel so close to the Lord during these months. And 
this morning, as we build for this season of celebration and then this little period of rest and then this restart of a new year, what I want us to focus on is letting that just be a progression instead of a celebration, stop, rest, stop, restart for the new year. What I know is that if you equate this to a healthy lifestyle, what is way better than jumping on a super crazy diet is just living a healthy lifestyle and making little bitty choices all the way so you never have this huge course correction. And so tonight what we're hoping for is to avoid course corrections, but to learn how to walk with our Savior day by day. The um, podcast that just came out this past Thursday is all about Advent. It's about this season. So if you want a right now way to sit in this season, go listen to that. But this is going to be a little bit bigger of a charge because I'm not going to see you here again until the end of February. And that's a long time. So we got to stretch to cover all those times. So um, I'm hoping that through this, all of us leave changed and we can be encouraged and leave with some how-tos for making this just a lifestyle um, that you leave changed and I leave changed and that's just a great atmosphere where God can move. But I wanna pray for us first and then we'll really dig into the word he's given me because I'm very excited about it. God, I love you so much and I thank you for being right here in this place right now. I thank you for the women who are here. I thank you for the message that you've given me. I thank you for the worship that has happened. I thank you that your presence meets us right here where we are. Right here in Alabaster, Alabama sits the King of Kings in this room with us. And God, I just cannot even express how grateful I am for that. So God, I pray that you would help my words to be um, pure and that they would have come from you and that you would help us to have hearts to understand and receive and let take root your words tonight. In your holy name we pray, amen. Um, so tonight we did call She is Golden for many reasons. The first reason was that it's Christmas and we love gold. Uh, have you seen the big gold disco ball in the front? Like, it is dreams. But that was the first reason. But God's kind of funny the way he lines up all the details. As this message took shape, I was like, oh, wow. Like, it became really apparent why he led us to that name. And because um, my heart was just on revival. It was on just this whole thought of what I want to see is just revival. Take over everything and shake the nation, shake, you know, all the things that are going on in our country and in our culture. But it was this reality that there's not just this one magical move. It's you and you and you and you and you and you, and you getting a personal revival and stepping in to what God's doing in your life. And then we come together and it's just infectious, okay? And so when I thought we've got to move it to individuals, and I'm thinking about gold. I'm thinking about the refining process of gold. And when they refine gold, they have to melt it down completely from what it was and all the impurities rise to the top so they can scoop them out. But something I think is very interesting and I think it's just perfect that it's, it's extraordinarily difficult. I would be shocked if you could find a story where it was 100% pure. The most expensive golds are 99 Two, the more expensive is 99.8% pure. They just, it's, it's nearly impossible to get that last little bit out. And when I thought about that parallel between us being refined and God getting our, our ick out and all these things that are keeping us from being close to him, and I think about that process and comparing it to gold and knowing that they can't get gold completely pure, I was like, ah, that's just so perfect. Because who are we? We are fallen people in a fallen world and we will never be 
100% like Jesus. We will never be 100% pure, but we'll always have a reason to keep stepping closer, to keep stepping closer and to continue this process. The thing about this process is that it's not very cozy. When our ick is brought to the surface, we are either met with feelings of extreme embarrassment that we've been living this way for so long, or it's painful to address the things that are going on in our life, or sometimes the stretching and the growing feels like God saying, I don't like you, and it feels so ugh. But once you get to the other side of it, man, I can look back through so many periods of my life where God has stretched me and it was horrible. I just wanted out of that season so bad only to be so grateful on the other side. So this morning, nope, it's a nighttime. Tonight, <laughs> as we're here, <laughs> every single one of us in every single seat is in here from a different story. We've all got a different journey. We've been walking a different path. Um, so my prayer for us tonight has come out of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but will accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed for the thing which I sent it. And that's been my prayer because I'm like, there are people in here, they're all, we're all gonna hear the same word tonight, but he's gonna send it out for each one of us to hit our lives in a different way. And so that's just been my prayer is that as we, as we dig into tonight and we get challenged to grow and stretch and do all the painful, icky things, that we would just be able to receive it exactly where each one of us are tonight. We are going to spend some time in a scripture that I would not equate with Christmas at all. It's not even a really great launch into the new year kind of story. It's not heroic. It's not this mountaintop motivational message. But when we think about the goal of our lives to not be this course correction of like fixing and da -da, but how to walk in a relationship with our father every day, um, I think a redemptive love story is perfect for us tonight. And so that's what we're going to be spending some time in. And we're gonna be in Hosea. And a lot of Hosea is talking about, you know, God's relationship with the children of Israel. And if you've spent much time in the Bible and the Old Testament at all, you know that the children of Israel were always in trouble. Like, always in trouble. And they were in trouble in this book too. Like, he was just on them, on them, on them because they were all so unfaithful, so unfaithful. And it was the funniest thing because he'll talk, I'm sorry, I've, there it is. He, <laughs> he will talk about how horrible they are and how mad he is. And they'll be like, but gosh, I love you. And it is the funniest thing to me. There's somewhere else, I should have written it down where it is, but there's a place in the word where he actually admits he has a favorite. He loves the children of Israel and there's like nothing. He's gonna doom you, doom you, but I love you. I just need you to fix some things, but it'll be fine. And when I read Hosea, all I could think of was my relationship with my son. He's six and he is incredible. He's smart, he's funny, he's got the best heart, he's so sweet, and he never stops talking. He's very annoying. And I think, come on, we went to, um, our anniversary was just a couple weeks ago and we went out of town and we dropped uh, my son off at my parents' house and I was like, I don't have any goals for this trip other than for everybody to just be quiet. I want the dog to go away. I want the kid to go away. I just wanna rest. I wanna eat some good food and rest. And literally we drop him off, we drive away. And I was like, oh, Miss Asher, 
<laughs> and I was like, only a parent could be this psychotic. Like, why? Why are we the way we are? But it just made me think of God. I was like, they are crazy. The children of Israel are crazy. He even, <laughs> there's a... Um, where did I put my verse? This verse, it says, every breath they breathe. It's in chapter five, verse four. Every breath they breathe is a whore's breath. They wouldn't recognize, I don't even know what that means. That's crazy. They're that unfaithful. But um, they wouldn't recognize God if they saw me. They're bloated with arrogance, big as a house. And um, so they were, that's how mad he was at them. He's like, y'all, y'all are crazy enough. To, th- I feel like that's God cussing. Like, I feel like, I feel like that's as legit as it's gonna get. But um, what I love about watching in Hosea is that he thinks they're psycho, but he never pronounces a death sentence over them. It's just hope for when they come back. He's like, but when they come back, but when they come back. And I was like, that is just beautiful. Like the most perfect example of what a father's supposed to be, this unconditional love for his children. And we so don't deserve it. But Hosea is the story of this prophet If you've not heard it, he was called to marry a prostitute just to prove a point. God does this to the prophets and it weirds me out. I don't, it's cool for them. I don't know. But he calls him to marry a prostitute just to illustrate God's relationship with the children of Israel. I'm like, that's some dedication, Hosea. Props to you. And he knows she's going to be unfaithful to him. And so he does everything he's told. He marries her. She's unfaithful. But spoiler alert, at the end... She comes back to him. He buys her out of prostitution. She's made clean. She's redemptified. (laughs) Redeemed. She's redeemed. (laughs) And all is right in the world. But this, this was all just to illustrate how much God loves Israel, even though they're weirdos, like they're just crazy. And um, what I love about this story is that wherever we're sitting in this place tonight is you could be sitting here going, but I'm the worst of the worst. I, there's like no way God's like really pursuing me like he did them and really, well, do you have horse breath? <laughs> that sounds gross to even say out loud. What I'm saying is he's talking about people he thought were just the worst and you are not worse than them. So what I want you to embrace about this whole story is that it's for you. Redemption, his love, the way he pursues us is for each and every single one of us. I don't want you to think, there's not one person in this room that has the right to say, but it's not for me, but I'm too bad. But I could read you some stories that would make you blush in the Bible, not random stories, in the Bible. And you could go, no, okay, I hadn't done that. (laughs) I promise, he's talking to all of us. At the time of this story in Hosea, Israel had a lot of good stuff going for them. So much good stuff that they were really prideful. They really thought, oh, we can do this on our own. They didn't need God anymore. And God just kept pursuing them. At the end of chapter five, he says, I'll go back to where I came from until they come to their senses. When they finally hit rock bottom, maybe they'll come looking for me. And I read that with an attitude, but I picture God reading that with just heartbreak. You know, well, he didn't read it. He said it. And um, I just picture the heartbreak there. Like if you know as a parent or as a close friend or as a sister or as a, you know, as somebody who cares about somebody else that you can see struggling, you're like, but if you just saw who you really are, if you just saw how much people loved you, if you just, that sounds like heartbreak to me. Like God going, I mean, I'll leave you alone for a minute. One day you're going to 
hit rock bottom and realize you need me. And um, after that, we get his promise. It's in Hosea 6.3. It says, as sure as the dawn breaks, so sure is his daily arrival. He comes as rain comes, as a spring rain refreshes the ground. That's his promise to say, I'm still gonna be there. The second you do hit rock bottom, the second you do go, oh man, I can't do this on my own. He's saying, I'm gonna be there just as sure as the sun's coming up tomorrow. I'll be there. And this says daily arrival, which makes me just like my heart flutter a little bit. I'm like, no, but every day you're gonna check on me? Like, it's cool. And then move on down just a couple more verses in Hosea 6.6, we see his heart. He says, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Another version, I believe it was the message version says, I don't need you to go to one more prayer meeting. I just need you to know me. And what I think is interesting when you look into this verse is that back then, Jesus hadn't come yet. So there was no just grace. There was no just pray for forgiveness. Burnt sacrifices was it. You had to burn sacrifices to be cleansed from your sin. Um, Prayer meetings, church, he tells us to gather. So we know he's not telling us not to do these things. People needed forgiveness, so he needed them to still do burnt sacrifices, right? We're commanded to gather, so we know he doesn't mean don't go to church. What I feel like he's saying to him here is that you can do all these things and still completely miss my presence. You can walk in this door every time it's open and not have a clue that I'm in your midst and I am moving. Don't just go through the motions. Don't just burn the sacrifice. Know me, know me, love me. And I think it's just so cool because they were crazy. And this is what he's coming and I'm saying, he's, it's just this clear, just stop going through the motions and know me. And what I wanna do tonight is give us a few things for, to be specific, um, that I think are necessities if we wanna see revival spark in our lives to where we can come together as a community of women and rock the whole nation with his presence. Cause it starts in each individual heart. Um, which will spread it to families, which will spread it to the churches that you go to if you don't go here, which will spread it to those girl groups, which will spread it to, you see how, why we use the word fire a lot? Spreads like fire. Um, But the first thing, and if you take notes, I would, I've got a lot of scriptures here and you'll probably need to write them down. It's worth remembering. (laughs) It's worth remembering. Um, The first thing I'm gonna say is to be surrendered. Be surrendered. The children of Israel were all up in themselves. They thought they could do this all by themselves without God. And it was pride that was keeping them away from God. And um, we've got to hit this place where we know we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. How often does pride keep us from relying on God or relying on our community to say, I've got this, I can figure this out. I can, but the truth of the matter is just by saying that it's, literally saying, I'm better than all of you and the God of the universe, right? It sounds dramatic when you hear it like that, but to say, I don't need your help. It's, but really, but really, you don't need all our help. You don't need God's help. Like, you know that much. When you really put it into context, isolation is just a big slap in the face to literally everything God's put in your path to hold you up and help you. You've got to get to a point to say, I can't do this on my own. Isaiah 
55 verse nine says that just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We can see through scripture, like if you dig in, really dig in to scripture, the way he has woven stuff together in the most intricate, shockingly bizarre details is mind-blowing. But somehow we can still get into our heads that we can do this alone. (laughs) <laughs> that we've got the answers, that we can just do this. Matthew six thirty three says, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's only when we walk with him and surrender our plans that we can fall into the plans that are so far beyond what we could have thought or imagined or even come up with. The things we're fighting for are so small to him. And he's like, come on, that is a joke compared to what I've got for you over here. So surrender, be surrendered. Number two is be authentic. Um, We hear this word a lot, I feel like. Be authentic is kind of a buzzword. But I mean, exactly that, be authentic. You've heard it a million times around here if you've heard it once, but you have something special. There is something magical inside of you that is only you. Your opinions, your passions, your quirky things, your weird obsessions, your all the things that are inside of you that you try to hide, God put them there for a reason, okay? Now we're looking for the, um, the, part, the version of that that's following Jesus. That's the version. Because <laughs> there's versions of all of us that don't need to be seen. But the things that are literal passions in you and the little quirks, the way you see the world, God has made you special just the way you are. Not to stay that way, of course. We're in this process of growing and being sanctified and getting closer and closer to him. But the enemy's greatest threat is if each and every one of us really knew who we were. Like if you really understood what's inside of you. I could just like, I wanna shake myself every time I realize like, Jen, why are you just discovering who's really inside of you at 30 years old? I mean, no, this week I turned 39 years old. It's my last, it's my last year before the four. I'm fine with it really. But, you know, you're constantly discovering things inside of yourself, but God's put them all in there for this perfectly perfect purpose when you realize how it all goes together. Um, Jenny Lesko has this book called Fight to Flourish, and it's just a beautiful book. It's worth the read. But she says, when God calls us to flourish, he doesn't mean become something brand new. It means to revive and bring back to life who we were meant to be. We weren't created to become something totally different, but what we are originally designed for. And I just thought that was incredible because I know in my life, I knew what I was called to do when I was very young, but then I went psycho as a lot of people do. And and you come back and find Jesus and you start walking with him and you're passionate about him. And I'm like, but is my calling gone? Like, is that different? Is it gone? And literally, boom, immediately, the first yes I gave him, it was like, no, Jen, it's still here. He's faithful to complete what he started. When you um, plant plants, do, do we have plant people in here? I'm a plant people. I am not a seed person, but people who really know a lot more than me can grow plants from seeds. I fail at every seed, but if you buy um, a packet of seeds, there's a picture on the front of them, right? And so you already know what this seed's gonna grow into. 
Um, but when you put the seed in the ground, it's just a seed, and then it's just under dirt for a long time, so I'm told. Um, but you have to give it the water and the nutrients and the sun. You have to give it all the things, and it's going to grow to this little sprout, and then it's going to grow to this little twig, and it's going to grow. There's so many different versions of this plant before it ever looks like the picture on the front. But one day, after all these different versions of growth, versions of growth, it starts producing fruit or vegetables or beauty or whatever it is, shade, whatever that plant was meant to be. But because it's just a seed, doesn't make it any less what it's meant to be. It's just not there yet. So you cannot discount what God is doing inside of you. Be authentically you. Because that picture that's on the front of that seed packet, I saw that's gonna grow up of any account. I probably treated my seeds like the wrong plant. That's why they died. I think there's something to be said there. <laughs> Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Your walk with God will not always look like the person beside you. To try to compare what God's doing in someone else's life to what he's doing in your life it's just not worth it because God created you to speak and interact and experience his presence the way that you were meant to speak and interact and experience his presence because that's y'all's relationship and we've got our relationship. It's all gonna be different. So you can't compare. You've just gotta be authentically who he's made you to be. The number three is to be connected. We were not meant to do life alone. Another thing you hear a lot around here it's all about community. You've got to be connected. Iron sharpens iron, right? You hear that a lot. When it comes to your um, inner circle of people, I think you need everybody in this room. You need all the people who are at Christmas parties. You need all the people who are at sports events. You need all the people who are sick with the flu in bed. We don't need them today, but we'll need them in a week. You need all of your community. But when it comes to your inner circle, the people who are gonna speak into your life, you've got to be picky. You've got to pick and choose what voices are allowed to give you advice, speak into your life. The Bible does say that iron sharpens iron, but you know what iron can't sharpen? is aluminum, okay? You've got to find a like-minded person that is chasing after God and has got solid, sound advice that you can test on the word, that you can test in your gut feelings. You know if somebody's talking crazy to you. And sometimes, be honest, you don't have to raise your hand, you can. You search for the people who are gonna tell you the wrong thing because it's so much easier, right? Quality people, have you seen knives be sharpened? It's a lot of friction and sparks flying. It's not like, oh, we're sharpening our knives. It's, it ain't pretty. It's violent. It's kind of violent. It don't always have to be. Sometimes you go shopping. Sometimes you have coffee. But when it comes to those moments where you really need some life-changing relationship, conversation, time to cry, whatever it is, you've got to be particular with who that person's going to be. You cannot just let every voice into your life. So be connected, but be connected with the right people. Hosea in chapter seven, verse one, he says, every time I gave Israel a fresh start, wiped the slate clean and got them going again, Ephraim soon filled the slate with new sins and the treachery of Samaria was written out in bold print. He's like, every time, every time. But you know, the wrong people around you can destroy what God's doing in your life before you even have a chance to realize what's happening until you're there again, begging God to do something. 
that's needing a course correction. But if you have the right people speaking into your life, it's just a smooth, steady growth pattern. Number four, the last one is just be consistent. Be consistent. Psalms 5.3 says, Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch the message. I love this. Every morning you'll hear me at it again. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. Every morning. The word's clear over and over that this is not a one and done thing. Anything worth anything takes care and attention. It's a relationship. I don't tell my husband that, yeah, sure, I'll marry you and then never talk to him again unless I'm in trouble. Oh, hey, Brandon, my tire's flat. Hey, Brandon, I'm hungry. Hey, Brent, that's annoying, right? I don't think he'd stick around. And how, but we do that to God, right? You sit in your room and I'm saved, I love Jesus. God, I'm sick. God, I've got a test. God, I can't pay the bills. God, I don't like this person anyone else to do. If we only go at him with our way, 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 every time we've gotten a request, he's like, eh, you again. Right? But if we come to him first with thanksgiving and praise, and it's a constant every morning kind of thing, and then you're like, God, I don't know what to do here. He's like, here you go. I'm like, oh, cool. Can I tell you this, this is, the stickers that are in your bags tonight, they were supposed to be here like late tonight. And I was like, God, I just need, I just want you to, this is stupid to pray for. But just the stickers need to come in. And literally, I stood up in my living room, started practicing for tonight, and there comes UPS. I was like, all right, okay. He cares about the little things. He cares about the little things, but sometimes we don't give him the chance to do it because we just come begging for the big things. But if you're in constant relationship, you see him show up in all these teeny tiny ways along the way. Be consistent. One of my favorite things um, I told you in the beginning that we're about to move into as we finish out this year is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if your church doesn't do this, consider this your invitation to join us. But I know that a lot of churches do. We end it with um, a night of prayer and worship. Again, if your church doesn't do that, you're welcome to join us. It's a great time. Um, But it is a transforming time. And... I get so excited every year because God just shows up so much in this time. Fasting can sound like a big scary word if you've never done it, but the truth of the matter is fasting is just taking something out of your life for a period of time. That's a distraction to you. That's a hang up to you. Something that when you're missing it and you're like, gosh, I wish I was playing a video game. Oh, I wish I was eating sugar. Oh, I wish I was watching TV. Wish I was scrolling on social media. Whatever it is that's a hangup for you that would be valuable to take out of your life for a period of time is to miss that thing and say, but God, I want you more. I can ignore this feeling. I can ignore this temptation to do this thing. I said I was gonna give up because I want you more. And by the end of 21 days of doing that and spending intentional time with the Father where you would have been doing these other things, it, you're gonna be ready to dance your, your pants off during our night of worship also. Like it is the most, it's the only thing that compares with worship at she. (laughs) 
I would encourage 100% participation. What we're gonna do to help you, because what I really, really, really wanna see is revival break out in every single one of us. I wanna see us find God in a whole new way, grow, be challenged. I want you to set your mind on these 21 days. We're gonna be present on social media to kind of encourage you through every single day. We're gonna open up the church for times of prayer. We're gonna do all these things to dig in together so that this next year can just be the best, most amazing year we could possibly walk through together. I want us to put into practice all the things we've talked about tonight so that even we don't hit Christmas and go, oh, I've not done anything and let's just crash for this week and then, oh gosh, it's January 1st, I need to pick up my Bible. You know, that's when you just start the daily reading plan and you make it through January and quit. A lot of us can quote Genesis, right? <laughs> Let this year be different. I can promise you the word is living and active and it's worth digging into. Challenge yourself as we go through this season of celebration that we wouldn't stop and reset, but that we just keep building into what he's got for us this next year. So here's the thing. You are gold, baby. You're solid gold. And God has called us to be so much more. He's got a world of wonder inside of you that will only peek out when you're following him with every step, when you really, really do surrender and be who you've, he's called you to be. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and have the band come up here and um, just kind of play behind me for a minute. I wanna take this moment for us to kind of think a little bit. Um, I feel like we all have a step to take tonight. We've all got some way to respond to what's God, what God's doing. And if this is your call to just push a little farther, if you're like, oh, I know Jesus, we're good. This is awesome. I want tonight to be a challenge. I want it to be a charge. I want it to be a push. I'm telling you there's more and I'm telling you to go after it. This is me telling you. <laughs> if you already know Jesus, it's time to go to the next stage. It's to take another step, go deeper, go farther. It's, oh, it's so worth it. I have never, ever, ever spent time with Jesus and it been wasted. But if this is your time to take your first step. If you're like, no, I just need Jesus. I need Jesus. I've spent a long time thinking that I'm not enough and that this, I'm just not good enough and all the things. I want you to consider this night an invitation. I want you to hear our heart cry and I want you to hear just the pleading voice of our father just saying how much he loves you. Say, this is for you. Rising to your best, living your purpose, this is for you. Experiencing his presence is for you. I want us to just take a minute. If you all just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I want us to just think. Think about where we are. All the fun stuff, it's still gonna crank back up in just a minute. We got more cocoa, we got more marshmallows. We've got plenty of photo booths. They're not being taken down, I promise. So I just want us to take this quiet moment. Say, what is your next step? Where do we go from here? There's not one person, me included, that can't walk out of here and be closer to Jesus. 
what is your next step? What's Jesus calling you to do? What's this tug on your heart that you're like, I think I'm called to do this, but I'm just not sure. I'm giving you permission tonight. If he's put that passion inside of you, there's a good chance that you need to step up and walk in it. Is tonight tonight for a first step? Just take a moment and listen to the Holy Spirit. Say, what's next? There's nothing weird or spooky about it, but he'll talk to you through gut feelings. He'll talk to you through scriptures that came alive to you tonight. He'll talk to you through a message like this one. He'll talk to you through close friends, just so many ways. Just let him speak to you. God, we just trust you with this moment. we love you so much. Thank you for loving us enough to have a purpose for each one of us. Thank you for loving us despite how unfaithful we can be, despite our doubt, despite our unbelief, despite our weaknesses. God, thank you for loving us anyway. Thank you for loving us like a true father would. God, we don't even have words for how grateful we are. Tonight, God, I pray that you just put a charge in every single one of our hearts to dig in deeper than we've ever dug in before. God, to seek for you where you can be found. God, put a hunger in our hearts for worship, put a hunger in our hearts for your word so that we can hear you speak. That it's not just going through the motions, that it's not just another Sacrifice. It's not just another church service, God, but it's an experience with you that we would truly, truly know you. God, we wouldn't just say we live life on purpose, but we would live life on purpose, that we would walk hand in hand with you. God, for, for those of us in this place tonight making a first step saying, I just need Jesus. Y'all just pray this with me. God, we love you and we thank you for sending your son. In this season, when there is all the talk of the birth of Jesus, God, thank you for making that moment a reality because you saw me from the beginning. And in this moment, I choose you. I choose Jesus. I believe that he came for me. I believe he died. I believe he rose. And I believe I can find forgiveness in him. And tonight I accept that. Tonight I become different. Tonight I become new. God, we love you so much and thank you. Just thank you for the growth process that we never have to have this measuring stick, but we can keep growing and keep growing. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Take some time during this busy week and let this word sink in. We are so excited to see what this new year brings and how God continues to move. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, we would love to know about it. Saying yes is easy, but walking it out takes community and we would love to do life with you. 
Make sure to connect with us on social media so you always know what's going on. And definitely follow or subscribe to this podcast. Share it with a friend. And please take a moment to rate or review the podcast. The more interaction we get, the farther the message can go. This is one way that we can walk all this out together. So thank you for letting us be a part of your day today. Until next time, keep growing. Yeah.